Um, uh, this week I, I've been praying for, for you guys and I got, a, I got the phrase in my head. I believe the Lord gave me the phrase, against the wind. You know, the winds of resistance, the winds of opposition. And, and I really want to share from that. Uh, topic this morning, the winds of opposition. And, and, uh, and what I mean by that is, uh, is when the winds feel like they're blowing against us, when the circumstances and the trials and the, the situations in our life feel like they're just resisting us, they're blowing against us, they're forcing us backwards, it feels like it's hard to move forward. It feels like it's hard to make progress. Has anyone felt that way before? This morning, it, it, you feel discouraged, it can, it can weaken you, it can, you know, you just feel defeated and tired and over it by the end of it. So I want to share from that this morning because I feel like um, it's, uh, it's uh, potentially a prophetic word and it could speak into some of, some of our lives this morning, if that's okay. But a uh, quick story. Uh, some of you guys know my, my dad was here a couple of weeks ago, mum and dad, legends, and uh, we decided to go stand-up paddleboarding. Uh, stand-up paddleboarding, it's not as good as surfing, am I right, Nev? Second best, second best. It's a good second choice. And so we, uh, we decided to go stand-up paddleboarding. And anyone who has been um, stand-up paddleboarding will tell you that the best time to go is when the winds are in your favour, when basically when there's no wind, when there's little or no wind. So you can just sort of... Get on there, just cruise along. You cruise down the river, Brunswick River. Enjoy the surroundings, look around, you know, watch people as you go, like, you know. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, very, it's an enjoyable experience. And um, the time not to go stand-up paddleboarding is when uh, Dad and I, for some illogical reason, I don't know why we decided to do this, but is when the winds are against you. So we decide, I don't know why we did this, uh, but... I don't know, I figured, I thought, I thought I could cope with it, I don't know why, but we went when it's starting to get dark and that it's like a howling wind in Brunswick, so we're like, oh, this is a good idea, and so we decide to go stand up paddleboarding in this environment, and uh, mate, it is not an enjoyable experience, like I suddenly really realised how much I dislike stand up paddleboarding, I thought I liked it, but in that environment it is really unenjoyable, like it's not a nice experience, I'm not enjoying the, the surroundings, I'm not enjoying the things around me, I'm staring at my feet making sounds like I'm giving birth to a child and I will spare you the impression of that and I'm just I'm just really glad Jit or someone wasn't there to take a selfie and put it on Instagram because it was not my finest moment even my dad who's got a broken hip was laughing at me like this is like you know straining at the oars because the wind is against me and uh you know my point is like mild tangent but my point is is that nobody likes to strain against the wind do they it's never going to, no matter what it is in life, no matter what you're doing, it's never going to be an enjoyable experience. It's never going to be easy. You know, we just sort of like to cruise on through life sometimes, don't we? We just sort of want to like cruise on with the current. The winds are in our favour. You know, it's just easy. Enjoy the journey as we go. But sometimes the winds are against us and it's not enjoyable. It's tough. It's labour intensive. It's hard work. And it saps up us off our strength and it weakens us. And uh, I want to share a scripture uh, with you guys this morning. Uh, 
a situation when I believe the disciples are going through a, a very similar experience, the, the 12 boys that Jesus chose to follow him while he was on planet Earth. And uh, they're very young, so it's quite pertinent to youth because these, these guys are roughly 20 years of age. Uh, some, some theologians have said they were between 16 and 21 years of age at this time. And, and so they're, they're youth, they're young, um, and they're, they're frustrated and they're scared. They're in an emotional and frustrating and potentially traumatizing situation. So I want to look at Mark chapter 6 this morning, if you have your Bibles with you. And we'll start at verse 45. If you don't have your Bibles, it's all right. No judgment doesn't mean you're not a Christian. But what you can do is you can actually download a Bible app. Uh, you version Bible app and so nobody knows whether you're texting or reading the Bible in church so you look holy no matter what just kidding I don't condone texting in church no way that's so bad anyway so uh, verse 45 Mark chapter 6 verse 45 and we'll read to 52 are you with me all right everybody say immediately just for fun immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of them to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd after leaving them he went up on a mountainside to pray later that night the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land he saw the disciples straining against the oars because the wind was against them he saw the disciples straining against the oars because the wind was against them he saw the disciples straining against the oars because the wind was against them just checking just in case you missed that he saw the disciples straining against the oars he was about to pass by them weird he was about to pass by them but when they saw him walking on the lake they thought he was a ghost they cried out because they all saw him and were terrified everybody say terrified Immediately, 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 remember that, he spoke to them. <laughs> I've apparently had too much Red Bull this morning. Um, he spoke to them and said, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. They were completely amazed. Now, I'm going to suggest to you that this wasn't like a sea breeze that they're battling here. They're not on their little stand-up paddle boards like whinging about a bit of wind resistance. This was a fierce and furious and destructive wind that they are battling against. This is a terrifying life risking situation that these young boys are in, okay? So it's not just a little bit of a sea breeze. Are we all on the same page here? Good. Now... Most people, interestingly enough, most people who preach on this story f focus on the fact that Jesus was walking on water. That's like the big wow factor of this story. Like, oh my gosh, Jesus walked on the lake. He walked on the water. And uh, it's kind of like we go, oh, well, the lake is the problem. The lake represents like the trials and the tribulations of our life and it's trying to drown us. And Jesus, you know, walks on the water and he picks us up. And, you know, that's all right. That's fine. I don't, I don't take that exact point of view because I don't actually think that the lake is the issue. In fact, I think the water is so irrelevant. It's so in the background of this story, Jesus just walks straight over it. It's not even whatever. Okay, the, the, the problem here is not the lake. The problem here is the wind. 
Because it's the wind that generates waves. It's the wind that will generate storms and high pressure systems and create, you know, it will transform an otherwise peaceful and calm lake into a dangerous environment. And it's the wind that the disciples are battling against and subsequently losing their strength as they strain against it. So the problem isn't with the lake, it's not with the boat, it's not with the disciples, it's not with their oars and it's not with anything else. The problem is the wind. The problem is the wind that is against them. And I believe this is the primary focus of this story. So I want to sit here uh, this morning, if that's okay. The disciples, let me just make one little point here. It didn't matter how strong the disciples were. It didn't matter how big their guns were, you know what I mean? It didn't matter how many of them there were. They were no match for the wind when it's blowing against them. They were not strong enough to compete against the wind because wind is wind. And when it's blowing against us, it is a force to be reckoned with. We are no, we are no match for the wind. All right? We're humans. We're tiny little humans. And I want to speak to some people in here this morning who feel like the winds are against them. And, you know, wind can sometimes be agitating. You know when, you know when like, the wind is blowing your hair into your face and you're like, it's so irritating? Or, like, when you're at the beach and the wind, you know, blows sand into your legs and it stings and you're like, this is so annoying. It's agitating me. I'm not just talking about agitating things in life and I'm not just talking about irritating things in life, but I really want to speak to some people in here this morning who feel like the winds are blowing against them like full-blown trials and challenges and suffering and issues that you just feel like it's blowing against you and it's forcing you back and it's weakening you and discouraging you and making it difficult to move forward. Is that okay? Because in order for us, and you know what, we all go through this at some stage in life. And in order for us to overcome this, we need, we need to know one thing. We need to know that there exists an enemy who, who is against our soul, who is against our life and against us moving forward in Jesus' name, moving forward in the kingdom of God. Okay, And so he will send winds of resistance and winds of opposition to set us back and blow us off course and discourage us and weaken us and challenge us. Okay, because the number one reason, I believe, the number one reason that the enemy will send winds of opposition against us is to stir up fear. Because John 10.10 says the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. What does he come to steal, kill and destroy? Our faith in God. And, uh, and uh, one thing that steals our faith is fear. One thing that can steal our faith in God is fear. And uh, fear suffocates faith. Fear is one thing. Once it, it comes from the external circumstances and it comes and impacts our heart and it impacts our faith in God, it, our faith can be suffocated. And you know, the human body is uh, very interesting. To be suffocated, essentially it means that oxygen is cut off from your brain. And and when one is suffocated, one of the first things that is affected in your body is your vision. Okay, so what will happen is if, if you are being suffocated, you will begin to see stars and uh, your vision will begin to get blurry and then you will just black out altogether. You will lose sight altogether. And some people who have been suffocated lose their sight permanently. And uh, I, I believe 
that when our faith in God is suffocated, when fear reaches our heart, when it affects our heart and, and affects our faith in God, it begins to suffocate it and squash it. It can impair our spiritual vision. Our spiritual vision, that is your ability to see God and perceive God and recognize him working in and amongst your life and in your circumstances and in your situation, it is impaired and it's blurred and it's skewed. It's interesting because uh, the disciples, where it says, verse uh, 49 and 50, it says they thought he was a ghost and were terrified, okay? Sometimes we become so afraid that we can't even recognize God when he shows up. You know, the disciples were in a quite a vulnerable and insecure uh, position. They're in the middle of a lake, okay? So th- they can't go to Jesus. They can't go to him. They've got to wait for him to come to them. They don't have iPhones. There's no reception. Like, they can't text and be like, can you come get us? We're freaking out right now because they're just alone in the middle of a lake. So they really need him and they're waiting for him to come to them. But, uh, but when he finally shows up, fear has so gripped their hearts that they don't even recognize him when he shows up. They think he's the enemy. They think he's a demon, a spirit, a ghost. So they can't even see properly for the wind and the waves and uh, I believe that sometimes our spiritual vision can get so skewed and so blurred that that we begin to think that God is the enemy when when those winds of opposition begin to blow against our life and fear is stirred up in our hearts we begin to just think God is the enemy he's the one who is sending us into trials he's the one who is just watching enjoying watching us suffer he's stealing our peace he's stealing our joy like God is the enemy and and I just want to get one little thing straight this morning before we move on is that okay is that all right okay listen to me God is not enjoying your trials. He is not creating them and watching you suffer, okay? God is not giving people cancer. He is not giving people diseases. He is not destroying people. He is not the reason there's evil and suffering in this world. He is not the enemy. He is not against you. He is for you. But one thing that the Bible warns us is that trials and suffering and challenges are a part of this life and they will come. The Bible says they will come. Suffering will come. Trials and tribulations will come. But he says, I am sovereignly above it and hence will be the one to get you through it. All right? We just need to get on the same page this morning before we move on. I just want to make sure that we're all up to speed because when those, when those challenges blow against us, our spiritual vision is impaired, okay? We, we fail to recognize God and how he is moving in our situation. So I want to let you know this morning that just because you can't see God, it does not mean he's not there. I want you to remember that this morning. Just because you cannot see him, you can't see him working in this situation, you can't see how he's working in these circumstances, in these trials, it does not mean he's not there. How many people know my one-year-old daughter, Eden? So good. Where is she? Is that her whining? There she is in the pink pants. Legend. So good. Okay, so she, it's like Jesus is God incarnate. Eden is cuteness incarnate. Like if cuteness is a person, that kid is it. That's irrelevant, but I just had to say that. But, you know, I'm sorry if I filled up your Instagram feed with pictures of her, but sorry, not sorry. Um, 
but what was my point? My point was, okay, so she's just over a year old. And uh, when she was younger, <laughs> like you can get that much younger than a year old, when she was a newborn, um, what you do when you have a newborn, you strap them into your pram and, and the, the capsule faces you, okay? And the reason for that being is, is uh, babies can't see very far. They can probably only see 30 centimetres in front of their face at first. And, and so, you know, the main thing they have seen thus far in life is mum and dad's face. And maybe some are mum and dad's friends. But, you know, they're used to seeing mum and dad's face, okay? They can see this far. So, you know, she's used to seeing mine and Paul's face. And so when you push him in the pram, uh, she faces you. And, and so she, does, she can feel calm and it's like, it's all good. I don't know what the heck is happening. I'm rolling around. I'm rolling along here. But I can see mum's face and it's okay. So that's the reason we do that. Now, when she gets a few months old, what you do is, uh, well, she gets too big for the capsule. You pull it out, turn the pram around. And so... You strap her in so she's facing outwards, okay, because she's grown up a little bit now. So she's a few months old. And uh, that way, you know, it's good for them. It's stimulating. They can see outward and they can see around them. And uh, the only problem with that at first, um, she, she freaked out a little bit. It took a few goes. When we took her out of the capsule and, and faced her outwards in the pram and we're pushing her along, she would cry, wouldn't she, Paul? She would cry and she would whinge and she would sort of freak out a little bit. And the reason for that is because she couldn't see us. The reason for that is because she couldn't see our faces. So she's like, what the heck is happening right now? I'm just rolling around down this street and I can't see mum and dad. What the heck is happening? I'm just strapped into this thing. This is weird. And so she... She became anxious and fearful because she couldn't see mum and dad. But the interesting thing with that is that I was no further from her when she was facing outwards than when she was facing this way. I was right here holding the handle off the pram. Nothing has changed. I'm still just as close to her. She's just facing the other way. So she can't see me, but I'm just as close and just as present. And actually, I'm the one getting us to where we need to go. Just because we can't see God, it doesn't mean that he is not there. You know, when the disciples are freaking out uh, on this boat, with good reason, very, with very good reason, and uh, it's interesting, the part where it says Jesus is about to pass by, like they can't see him. They can't see him properly. They think he's a ghost or a demon, but he can see them. And just because they couldn't see him and recognize him, he was close to them. He was near them. They just merely didn't recognize it. And he's about to pass on by. And I, I always found it interesting reading that scripture when I was a kid because I just thought it looks like Jesus doesn't care. I'm like, what, what's the deal, Jesus? It's like your boys are freaking out and you're just about to cruise on by, like, <laughs> peace, <laughs> no ways. <laughs> like, what, what is that? Why is he doing that? And, you know, I, I really believe, you know, that it's not illustrating the carelessness of Jesus. Like, he surely struggles. Um, he surely struggles. He surely cares about your struggles. And he surely cares when we are freaking out, when we are fearful. But he is not concerned about the winds of opposition. He's not concerned about the winds that blow against us. In fact, he was so unconcerned that he was about to cruise on by the boat because he's like, I know who's in authority here. At the end of the day, I know who's in authority and I know uh, who's in command over the wind and the waves. So, like, my boys are going to be okay. They might not know that they're going to be okay yet, but my boys are going to be okay. So he's about to cruise on by. And uh, it's uh, interesting because though... 
he's not concerned with the winds of opposition. Jesus is concerned with a different wind. He's concerned with a different wind. And it's not a wind that comes from external circumstances. It's not like an external force, like those challenges and and trials of life that sort of push against us and discourage us and attempt to stir up fear in our hearts and defeat us. But Jesus sends a different wind and it's a wind, listen to me, that breathes from within. And it strengthens us from within and it doesn't force us, it doesn't force us backwards but rather strengthens us from the inside out and sends, guides and leads us forward. So despite what is happening in your life, despite what is challenging you and against you, you can still move forward in Jesus' name. All right, is that okay this morning? And I might get the band to jump up just for funsies. They're just going to slide right on up and you won't even notice them. They'll be so smooth. And uh, <laughs> this, 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 this internal power, this internal breath, this wind that Jesus sent is the wind of God, friends. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of the living God. Amen. John 20 verse 23 says this. Jesus says this, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. You know that word send um, in the original language actually means like thrust, like to push forward. He breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the breath of God. It is the wind of God and he breathes it and he sends it, a rushing wind into our soul. So when those winds of resistance are blowing against our life, he strengthens us from the inside out. And this wind, friends, is indestructible and it is no match for the winds of opposition. It is indestructible it is relentless it is all powerful it is all consuming it is the wind of God and I want to tell you why because the winds of opposition that blow against your life the winds of resistance are born out of and operate out of and stir up fear it's all about fear but the wind of God is born out of love and it is all about love and it functions out of love and what does expel all fear the Bible says come on what does expel all fear Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The wind of God, the love of God is indestructible. It is unstoppable. It is relentless and all-consuming and all-powerful. And I tell you what, when the winds of opposition blow against your life, the wind of God comes and He strengthens us and He sends us forward from the inside out. And he, and he blows away all fear once Jesus comes and his Holy Spirit bubbles up within your soul. blows away all fear. It blows away all condemnation. It blows away all accusation. It blows away all shame. It blows away all fears and failures and mistakes. It is the Holy Spirit, friends. You know, it leads you forward to just keep going. You know, when I was pushing Eden in that, in that pram and she was freaking out because she couldn't see me. You know what we used to do? We just used to just talk to her and speak over her and sing over her. So she couldn't see me. But we're pushing her forward, just rolling. And uh, 
she would begin to, you know, whinge and cry. And I'd just begin to go, it's all right. Baba, I'm here. I'm here. Mum is here. It's all good. I'm here. And she would stop freaking out because she could hear my voice. She could recognize me by the sound of my voice. She knows her mummy's voice. She knows her papa's voice. And she would be calm because cause though she couldn't see us, she knew we were there when, when she heard our voice. She couldn't see us, but, you know, I'm somewhere up here. Turn. She's like, okay, I can hear mum's voice. It's going to be all right. And uh, I, want, I want to equip and empower some, some people in here this morning, particularly some young people, because the wind is in his words. And I want you to go home thinking you can do something about this. You can make a change because, because the, it's not about you just sort of elusively floating around like, where's the voice of God? The wind is in his words. You know, when the disciples were in that boat and they were freaking out because they thought Jesus was a ghost, they couldn't see him. But as soon as he spoke, as soon as he spoke, it is I, don't be afraid. They recognized him by the sound of his voice. They recognized their God and their friend, this guy they've been hanging out with every day for three years. They're like, that's Jesus. Though I can't see him, I know him by the sound of his voice. When Christ spoke and they knew it was him, though they could not see properly, he spoke and they knew it was him. And let me tell you, when the winds of opposition are blowing against your life, it is Christ who speaks in the midst of our trials. And it is the sound of hope, friends. And so the wind is in his words. Revelation 2.17 says this, listen, are your ears awake? Listen to the wind words blowing through the churches. The wind of God is the breath of God. Do you know what where breath comes from? It comes from your mouth. Do you know where words come from? It comes from your mouth. And so when the Lord speaks, He exhales, He breathes, and He breathes His very Spirit into His Word. His Word contains the very wind, the breath, and the Spirit of God. And so if you cannot see God, friends, listen. Are your ears awake? Listen to the voice of God in the midst of suffering. Listen to the wind words. Listen to the wind words. When the winds of opposition blow against us, it's not time to run from God. It's time to run to God. And I'll tell you why. Because as I mentioned before, you are no match. I am no match for the winds of resistance. We are no match for the winds of opposition that blow against us. It doesn't matter how strong you are. It doesn't matter how faithful you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been in church or how much you read your Bible or how much you pray or how many Christian friends you have, whether you have the Bible app on your phone or not. It does not matter, friends. You are no match for the winds of opposition. You will never defeat them. They are a force to be reckoned with. But do you know what? There is one who is. And in Mark chapter 6, verse 51, it says, Then he climbed into the boat and the winds died down. As soon as Jesus was in the boat, the winds died down. Why? Why? Because even the wind and the waves obey him. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Even this force that defeats us and discourages us and challenges us and weakens us. Even the winds and the waves obey him. 
In fact, at the very presence of Him, they died down. Even Satan and all his minions who have an assignment to blow against your life and discourage you and challenge you and come against you, even they tremble in the presence of the One who is above the wind and the waves. He is the the author of the wind. He is the author of the light. He is the One, the Creator, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He comes at the beginning of time. He established the wind and measured out the way to the waters. He is the one who called out light and separated it from darkness at the beginning of time. And I want to tell you this morning that there is no match for Jesus Christ. There is no match. There is no one stronger. There is no one bigger. There is no one better than He who is above the wind and the waves. He is above it. And when He shows up in the boat, the winds are paralyzed with fear and die down. And I want to let somebody in here this morning know that there's going to be a time, just like as I pushed Eden in that pram, we're going to get to our destination. And I'm going to come around this side of the pram. I'm going to unstrap her and pick her up and we'll be face to face again. And I believe Christ is going to come into somebody's scenario this morning. You just wait. He's going to come and He's going to lift you out of your trials. It's going to lift you out of your challenges. He's going to lift you out of your suffering. But in the meantime, in the meantime, are your ears awake? In the meantime, you listen to the wind words and you let him, you let him speak words of life and hope and comfort and peace and courage over you. He's somewhere up above and behind here, but he's the one pushing you through this season. He's the one getting you where you need to go. He's the one. You're, you're like a baby. You can't even walk. Trust me. You think you can handle this life. Jesus is the one pushing you through. He's the one who's going to bring you through this season. Amen. But in the meantime, you listen to the wind words. And I want to tell you that daybreak is coming. Daybreak is coming. And I sense that it's a prophetic word for someone in here this morning. Somebody in here needs to know that daybreak is coming. Dawn is coming. A time when the winds of trial and challenge and suffering, they're going to be over. You're going to get relief. You're going to get blessing. You're going to get to where you need to go. Hope is coming. But you know, Winds, the winds are always strongest right before daybreak. The winds always blow the hardest right before daybreak. So while you were in this position, you listen to the wind words. You pick up your Bible and you listen to the voice of God. You listen to the wind words. You allow Him to breathe words of life and hope into you and let Him send you forward. Let, you, let Him move you forward in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand this morning? Why don't we stand? Nothing can stop Jesus. Nothing can stop Him from coming. He comes when He chooses to sovereignly come. And He lifts us when He sovereignly chooses to lift us. Nothing can make Him come any sooner than He chooses to come. And you know what? Nothing can stop Him. Nothing can hinder Him. Nothing can intimidate Him. He comes when He chooses to come because He and His authority, all authority, the Bible says, has been given to Him. All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to Him. So I want to let somebody in here know this morning that Jesus is above it all. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Like a rushing wind, Jesus breathed within. 
have your way, Lord, have your way in me. Like a mighty storm, stir within my soul, Lord, have your way, Lord, have your way in me. Like a rushing wind, like a rushing 